The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us, pulling up a stool, being a part of the conversation right here on Independence Day, 4th of July. Thank you very much for joining us here at the Multimedia Cafe. Well, I got to be honest, folks, what we're going to do today is we are going to pop around and just go to different barbecues, talk to people, maybe find out if they're cooking for a company. A lot of time, you know, people get paid to cook. For a barbecue, that sort of thing, you know, and we're just going to find out some good tips, maybe a couple tricks, maybe a secret or two. Who knows? You know, these barbecue guys, those are more classified than the FBI's dossier. How's that for a joke on Independence Day? You know, I could have done a little bit better, but what the heck? Let's just get right to it. All right. It's Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July. Little barbecue ticks, tips and tricks and tips and nips and lips and try tips. How's that? A little pork loin and ribs and fibs and there we go. Ribs and fibs, we should call it instead of tricks and tips. Either way, barbecue time here on the 4th of July. My name is Jason Spies and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. All right, what's your name and what company are you cooking for today? Dennis Jarrett, I cook with Steffes Corporation. Now, are you employed with Steffes, or are you a ringer like all these other guys I'm finding out? No, I work for Steffes. Okay, I just I just did a story on Steffes about their uh, water heaters, which uh, PJ, PMJ has in their lobby, and so you guys are kind of revolutionizing some of the smart heaters and that sort of thing. So uh, kudos to you guys there by uh, being innovative in this uh, energy world. So let's talk a little bit about smoking and uh, cooking barbecue. So what are, we, what are we cooking today? Well, today we cooked um, pork butt and then pulled it. It's a pulled pork. And then we did baby back ribs. Well, you did both. So let's start with the pork butt. Um, give me time and, and marinades and rubs and just kind of, you know, the process, what went into it. I start with an injection and it sits overnight. And then right, right before it goes on the fire, we, um, we'll put our dry rub on. And I cook it Today, since we're limited on time, and I didn't feel like cooking overnight on there, we cooked it about 300 for four to four and a half hours, really up to an internal temperature of about 135, 140 degrees. Then we'll pull it and wrap it for three to four hours at 300 just to finish it, and then it goes into a cooler to rest for a couple hours. If you didn't have a time restraint, how long would the process normally take, do you think? Typically, a uh, pork butt that's about 7, 8 pounds, you're looking at 14 hours on a regular slow, low cook at 200 to 225. How about the ribs? Uh, talk to me about the process with the ribs. Well, with the ribs, I always start with a mustard rub and let that sit. Let it sit in mustard overnight. You know, just a nice layer of mustard on top of it. Then the next, when we're ready to cook them, we'll, of course, put some dry rub on it. 
and it'll go in at about 250 for roughly two hours. Most of the time I do it by feel. I'll pick up the rack and how does it feel if it's ready or not. Then we'll pull it and wrap it. And the whole time that's cooking in the in the smoke, we're also spritzing it about every 20 minutes, half hour with apple juice. Keep keep the moisture in. And after it's been on a couple hours, we'll pull it out, wrap it, put it back on the heat for a couple more hours, and then pull it and put it in the cooler to rest for at least an hour. How about when it comes to either having a pan of water in the in there to kind of help with the steam and keep it moist, and also do you use any kind of hickory or charcoal or pecan or anything? Well, today I'm using a combination of apple and pecan, and on the pork butts we did a little bit of hickory. Just pretty much one smoke round until it started burning out of hickory. Um, I like the I like the flavors of apple and pecan. Apple adds a little bit of sweetness in the smoke, and pecan's kind of a really mild, mellow f- smoke. But I think it just adds good. All the ribs we did today were strictly on pecan. Okay. And forget what the other rest of the question. The water was. pan. Oh, the water pan. Um, this round, I actually didn't do any water pan because we added supplemental moisture by spritzing with apple okay. juice on there. Typically, on a long, you know, on a long, long smoke, I will have an extra water pan just to keep the moisture in there. Because a lot of times, if you're if you're running a propane smoker or something like that, you're not checking it all that often. So you need something that's going to keep that moisture going in there. All right, how about for uh, tips for any young or old aspiring pitmasters? What would be your advice for them? You know, go read stuff on the internet. The internet's full of all sorts of tips and tricks, really. Or come to something like this and just talk to people. I'm always willing to share information on how to do it. I won't give you my rub recipe. I won't give you my barbecue sauce recipe, but I'll tell you how to cook it. You know, because there's a... I would say there there is an amount, a level of art to cooking something in a field. And that's, you got to get out and do it. I think anybody can smoke. There's all sorts of smokers out there. You've got a variety, we've got a variety here. We've got propane smokers, and then we've got stick burners, charcoal and wood, which is my, my preference, except it takes more attention. I also have an electric smoker at home that I use at least once a week. That's for the quick, throw it in there, go away for a while. You know, and anybody can do it. There's a smoker out there for anybody. Just don't be afraid to try if you like barbecue. What's your favorite thing to barbecue? Pork loin. Pork loin. I make, I'll say it, an amazing pork loin. Just, I have found that that's the, that's the meat that I cook the best. And I don't do it here. I also like brisket, though, too. I, I really love to do brisket, but that takes... That's an 18-hour cook. I refuse to try to go fast with a brisket. You mentioned you make your own barbecue sauce. Um, what style would that be? Is it a vinegar base? Is it a sweet? Is it spicy? My preference, personal preference, is a vinegar-based barbecue sauce, so that's my recipe is vinegar-based. I made one today that was kind of an experiment that's actually really sweet. It's got apricots in it. Oh, okay. And it's real sweet and not really zesty in there, but the only thing I I can think of that people could relate it to would be like sweet and sour sauce. 
more on the sweet than on the sour. Okay. That's it, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You got the... full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. My name is Rusty Padgett, and I work for Shaw Corps. We're cooking uh, pork butts. Pork butts. Now, before we get into the pork butts, let's talk about last year's grand uh, poopah championship that you guys won at the Bakken Barbecue. This is the sixth annual Bakken Barbecue, but uh, you guys took home the first prize last year. Tell me about what it is. Were you here, first of all, and, and what was cooked? Yeah, yeah, we were. Uh, I was the uh, chef last year, oh. and uh, it was. Uh, the uh, first year we actually did it, and uh, we came and we cooked a uh, Santa Maria dry rub tri-tip and uh, ended up taking first place. 
Santa Maria, what's the significance behind the word Santa Maria in front of Dry Rub? So uh, Santa, Santa Maria, California is where uh, basically you know the tri-tip originated. So the, the, uh, the Dry Rub or the, the, uh, the recipe that we used actually originated from Santa Maria, California. Okay, so you know you got your St. Louis rub, you got your Kansas City rub, which has a little sugar in it. The other one's got a little more vinegar in it. I thought maybe the Santa Marie had like wine in it or something. Well, it wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. Okay, so I figured it was from California though with the name. So, uh, talk to me about what you did last year to prepare the tri tips to win the award. So well, basically, so uh, you know we brought we bought the tri tips down in uh, in, in uh, South Dakota and transported them up here since. There's nowhere here you can really buy 100 pounds of tri-tip. Uh, most most companies they or most uh, butchers they uh, they grind up the tri-tip and into uh, ground beef. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a hard hard uh, cut of meat to get. And you know we just we got we brought it up and we uh, we uh, we marinated them the night before and then just with the with the dry rub let them sit overnight and basically came out here about noon last year or last year and popped them in uh, popped them in the smoker after. After get them a good char on the barbecue and let it go. How long did you uh, cook them? So you start on the barbecue and you do uh, you do the mop on there, which gives you a good bark, and then so that takes about maybe you know five minutes per side, and then we threw them in the smoker for about three hours, and we uh, we pulled them out when they're right about uh, 10, 10, uh, 10 degrees before being done. It's rare, and let them finish cooking sitting outside. Any certain type of uh, hickory, mesquite, pecan? So yeah, we we did use uh, pecan wood, oh. and we had we had it brought in from a place in uh, in Colorado actually for the uh, for the event. Boy, I tell you, anybody protest? I'm here in meat crossing state lines. I'm here in wood chips crossing state lines. <laughs> it's kind of hard to find pecan wood in North Dakota. So. <laughs> yeah, you're not a kidding. Does anybody smoke with birch wood? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it'd give you a pretty weird taste. I think so, too. We'll stick with just making the birch beer. That seems to be what it's good for. So, Okay, but you guys are defending your title this year, a little barbecue bravado. Uh, of course, barbecue goes with oil and gas, like, you know, peas and carrots and ketchup and mustard and peanut butter and jelly. So how long have you been cooking? Uh, I'm actually, I've, I'm a, I like to cook at home, so I've been... I've been barbecuing and smoking since I was uh, smoking meat since I was about 18, actually 17 years old. I'm 36 now, so it's been quite a ways. So you're going on 20 years. You're almost an antique and car standard. So uh, let's talk about the uh, pork butts you said that we're cooking today. Okay, we're cooking pork butts today. So uh, tell me about the preparation, the time, the temperature, that sort of thing. So we, we actually started uh, a couple days ago. We start, we uh, we got the got the meat in a, in a brine solution to help you know that helps you uh, keep the meat the meat real moist when you're smoking it. So you brine it overnight and then uh, we injected it with that brine solution and uh, you know did a did a dry rub on it and uh, to help the dry rub we actually did something a little different. Most people use a, a yellow mustard before they put the dry rub on to try to help keep it on there. We actually went a different route. We used uh, honey and, uh, and smeared it all over there and then put the dry rub on that to give it a nice, you know, really nice crust. And also uh, the dry rub is a little spicier dry rub, so the honey brings a, a nice 
sweet kick to it. Um, so yeah, we did, we got that in the smoker last night at two o'clock, and we should be done here right about around three. And um, you know, saying kind of the same thing, we usually take it out just before it's done, and that way it keeps it nice and moist. And I think you know, my uh, my history with with cooking is a lot of people that smoke things they tend to leave it in the smoker until the actual temperature that you know it's done at, which does dry out the meat. So you know, I just uh, we're, a word to the wise out there: just take it out when you're about ten degrees before done and wrap it up and, and let it sit there and finish cooking. And how about the wind? I tell you, sometimes the wind can really impact how you're doing your smoker and that sort of thing. Do you, do you ever uh, worry about that? So yeah, we actually had an incident yesterday. We were trying to put the uh, dry rub on, on the meats and it was literally blowing away as we were trying to put it on the meat. And then we had, uh, our smoker has, has a, uh, I call it a big rig exhaust on it. So the the way that the exhaust was facing, the wind was actually blowing down into the smoker, and so we had to unbolt it and turn it so it was facing away from the wind. So we got uh, Light Tower Reynolds talking smack. This said you're full of bologna, or are you cooking bologna? I guess I wasn't quite sure there, Light Tower. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't worry about Troy. He's just jealous, so he took first place last year. <laughs> yeah, that's the barbecue bravado I love. So, all right, what... Uh, you got to pl- uh, What do you do for your company? So uh, I'm an account manager. Uh, I've basically been with uh, Shawcore, used to be known as Flex Pipe Systems, which now Shawcore Composite Production Systems. I've been with the company for 11 years, uh, so I'm an account manager. So basically, my my role is I uh, I you know I talk to customers about the pipe you know pipeline industry side of things. We actually manufacture, sell, and install high pressure, high temperature composite poly pipe. So, you know, saltwater gathering systems, uh, oil, natural gas, flow lines, you know, pretty much anything. We, we, do, um, we do have a pretty good foothold here in the U.S. It's a Canadian-based company. And uh, here in North Dakota, we seem to be growing pretty rapidly and, and with a lot of the top operators. How many shale plays you guys in, do you know? Uh, all the major ones, pretty okay. much all over the U.S. We do a lot of stuff in Canada. We do, uh, we're doing a lot of stuff over in um, Saudi Arabia right now oh, no and kidding. some stuff down in Latin America. Saudi Arabia is really picking up, I noticed, in the last probably six months with a lot of U.S. companies. It just seems there's a lot more. You're a Canadian company, I guess, but it just seems that Saudi Arabia's market has opened up a lot more to the North American continent, maybe, is a fair way to say it, I guess. I don't know. I might. Have you guys been doing business with them long, or is that in the last few several years? Oh, uh, yeah. We, it's, uh, I would say probably last four to five years. Okay. I mean, I, I'd have to go back, you know, look in the look at my notes to you know actually give you a firm date but yeah we've been doing business quite a bit over there the uh you know a little fun tidbit our first sale to them the prince actually brought over a big russian plane to our our, uh, the airport up in calgary alberta and we loaded uh, our our reels which are 12 feet tall eight feet wide and weigh about twelve thousand pounds we loaded three of them into one of those one of those big planes and that was how our first shipment was made to them wow you know um north dakota i remember when they did some business with kazakhstan they loaded the cows on the plane so you got all because they were teaching them how to grill and because like horse meat is really popular in kazakhstan they boil the horse meat so they did these trips and the guys from weber came to teach them how to grill and they had like this this so it was it was funny you know watching these cows load up on these big cargo planes and everything so anyway but okay uh wrapping up the interview here uh what is your uh, favorite thing to cook do you have anything that's your favorite Pretty much everything. Um, I, I do you know, everything from, like I said, barbecuing to smoking. 
I, I cook a lot of stuff in the house. I like to make things from scratch and come up with my own recipes. So, like, pretty much everything's my favorite. All right, man. Any final thoughts here as we get ready for the sixth annual Bach and Barbecue? We haven't got any announcements yet, so that your guys' trophy is officially up for grabs now. All I got to say is if you ain't first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. So here's to all of the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know my name is uh, Junior Urias with Up and Smoke Barbecue Jason we were at San Antonio Texas at another cook-off this was on the Friday night we had my trader set up we're, we're already cooking for the competition and I got a call the call was from the barbecue pitmasters uh, audition person, and uh, they had asked me if that I, if I wanted to be on the show, that I needed to be in Florida by Sunday. So I was like, this Sunday? And he goes, yes, this Sunday. Can you make it? I said, give me your number. I'll call you right back. <laughs> so the first thing I did was uh, I called several people uh, in Florida. It's going to be based in Florida. So I was thinking, wow, I can't. I can't really get my trailer and everything connected right now and hit Florida to make it on time. Well, I mean, we had the entire, I mean, we're doing an actual cook-off, so we had, I mean, you can only imagine all the stuff spread out and we were just getting ready for the cook-off. So I said, all right, I, I contacted one of my good friends, Blake, in Florida. I knew he was in Florida. I just didn't know how close or where in Florida. So I contacted him. He says, 
I asked him, hey, dude, I'm going to be on barbecue pit masters. I need to use your smoker. He has a smoker that I uh, used at the, at the time. So, anyways, I asked him, how far are you from the uh, from where we're going to film? He goes, we're about four hours. I said, can you do me a favor? Can you bring me the pit by Sunday? I need a Saturday evening. Can you have it there for me? And he said, yeah, I'll make it happen. So that's how that got started. And then, uh, you know, I flew in from San Antonio to Florida. Me and uh, my buddy that helped me out that weekend, his name's Wade McVee. And, you know, we flew in with just a couple of bags and some seasonings. And uh, we ended up winning Barbecue Pitmasters, the Texas uh, episode. And then, uh, anyways, yeah, uh, Myron did give me a lot of help. Uh, he was making fun of my pulling on in with just a, a bag of uh, seasoning and uh, some knives, and that's it, a few clothes. And what was cool was there was a steak challenge. So the steak challenge consisted of a, uh, it's funny, I went to Walmart before the, state, the entire cook-off, I went to Walmart to pick up a grill because I thought, man, you know what, we might need the grill for the quick challenge. So I ended up going to Walmart. I picked up a $20 grill. So uh, now a good thing that I say now is, uh, you know, I basically cooked a $50,000 ribeye on a $20 grill. So, you know, that's, that's one, of my, one of my highlights of the entire show was cooking it. Cooking a twenty dollars steak on a, I mean a fifty thousand dollar steak on a twenty dollar grill. Oh, what a great story! What a great story! I tell you, you know, I, I want to get to the uh, uh, oil and gas connection in just a second because you've got an, in, an interesting story to tell when it comes to your connection with oil and gas, and also uh, I want to talk about some just some barbecue overview: wood, temperature, time, smoke, water, that sort of thing. Uh, Junior Urias is on the. I'm sorry, Junior Urias on the line with us, Up in Smoke Barbecue, a pitmaster champion. And I wrote down primitive into technology as you were kind of talking, answering some of the questions. And the reason I did that was when I first got started in the media, I I started, um, oh, back in, say, the radio days when they actually cut tape and splice together things to do edits. And in the magazine world, where I was when I was in that as well, we had light boards and we would use exacto knives and that sort of thing. And it was a very primitive, primitive way to do the media. And you know, I, I did that for a few years. And then when we transitioned into the digital age, it really gave me an appreciation how to use the digital technology a little bit different, I think, than a lot of people. Did you find that? going to the barbecue camp and having those primitive barbecue smoke fire elements has really influenced your overall barbecue skills? Yeah, you know, it really has. You know, I think, you know, a lot of people are used to just smoking and that's all they know how to do. You know, I I, I think for me, grilling was a big part of my upbringing and, and my style of cooking. I think it's a unique way of doing things. You know, I include my uh, grilling also with the smoking. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that a lot of regular pitmasters can't do, and, you know, I incorporate both. 
I think it's a big uh, leap for me to be able to use both, uh, you know, skills. I think they're both different skills, and, you know, I think I've mastered them pretty well. So now, I, like you said, you know, I use them together, and it's, it just makes me a unique individual out there in the cooking world. You know, and the grilling world has gotten pretty technological base too but at the end of the day at the end of the day we're talking it's it's still time and temperature isn't it absolutely it is you know time and temperature and the custom meats and stuff like that let's talk a little bit about barbecue itself you know what 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 style do you do i mean you know a lot of people they they say their style is the best and i always say well what style works for you well you know when you talk about styles there's know there's all, always the, the Texas style there's the Memphis style there's the Kansas City style um, you know even California's got its own style but you know over the years like I was saying you know, I've been to cook-offs and, and two or three different organizations all over the United States and pick up each you know trait of each organization and I kind of incorporated it all into one and Using my unique style, I, I use it. There's, I really don't have a Texas style, really, so to speak. So, you know, I think that makes it more universal for me and kind of unique for me to be able to use all the different styles and put it together. Do you have a standard type of wood? Do you use a charcoal? Well, it, it all depends on what we're cooking, Jason, but uh, the majority of the time we use a pecan and a mesquite when I do my briskets. When we do steaks, we use uh, some lump charcoal and also mesquite. Uh, you know, when I do pork, I sometimes like using fruit wood with charcoal. I'll use fruit wood, you know, being peach and sometimes cherry. I think it imparts a good flavor in the pork. You know, when we do ribs also, I'll use, uh, you know, some pecan and some peach. Or, or, you know, any fruit wood will work good with pork, so... That's kind of the way we do it and, and the style that I use. How about when it comes to uh, time and temperature? Are you low and slow, or do you like to put a little heat and, and uh, rush to it? Well, once again, you know, I, I impart both techniques into the way I cook things. Uh, of course, you know, the brisket, I like doing low and slow. Rib, I use two methods. Uh, I do the low and slow, and then I go to hot fast to finish it off, you know, even even on um, steaks, I like I like to do them hot and fast, and I slow down the temperature, and I, I finish them off to a, a good eternal medium well. You know, it, it just really depends on the meat that I'm cooking and, and the style that I'm doing it for. Uh, you know, grilling versus smoking. There's there's a lot of ways of doing it, but uh, for the most part, that's the way I, I keep it. Do you have any opinions on uh, marinades and, and, and dry rubs before, after, saucing it before and after, and, you know, spraying it with apple juice, th- those sort of things, uh, you know, the, the um, enhancers, if you will. Do you got any uh, opinion or comments when it comes to those? You know, there's two different ways of doing it. Uh, there's the cook-off mode, uh, cook-off way of doing it, and then there's, there's the restaurant style, which, you know, I, I use them both. For cook-offs, of course, you want to impart the most flavor into the meat. Uh, not only just the flavor, but different flavors. So, you know, for example, on, on ribs, 
what I like doing is I'll brine my ribs the night before after I got them trimmed. I'll, I'll use a salt, water, and, and vinegar brine for my ribs. So I'll soak them overnight, and then that morning I'll prep it. I'll get my seasonings and stuff like that out, and and we do the cook. Uh, so, you know, you, you're wanting to add multiple flavors to the meat as much as you can. I've got to go home. Let me go Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. your uh, name and company? I'm Jesse Johnson with uh, KLJ. And what is it you guys are cooking today? I, obviously I know the answer, but... Yeah, we came down to the barbecue today. We figured we'd uh, go down and uh, get a pig from, from Larry's down at Mott and uh, spin a pig out here and have some fun. So this whole hog, it came from Mott, North Dakota? Yep, it came from Larry's shop down there in Mott, North Dakota. We struggled to try to find something last minute. They pulled through, so we... Uh, we brought it down here and cooked it up. Have you ever done a whole hog before? Oh yeah, we've done multiple. We do it every year up at uh, Lake Skakawea for uh, for Van Hook Arms. So, so walk us through the process here because this, you know, this has got the ribs, this has got the brisket, this has got the pulled pork, this has right. got pretty much, this has got the pig's ear. Right, we got everything on this thing. Basically, what we do is we take it the night before and we will do a, a, a marinade with it, do all the injections. Put it on ice, and then uh, right away in the morning we'll start it up and start it spinning, lock it down, and uh, it probably spins for six to eight hours, depending on the weight and the heat. We try to like start slow, let the smoke take into it, and uh, yeah, basically when you're done, you just you take out all the parts, put it in different types of barbecue sauces. Some pipe, some people like it regular, some people like it just with a like a sweet barbecue sauce. Uh, we also do a, a South Carolina sauce too for for uh, all types of people. So, South Carolina, would that be a little more vinegary? Yeah, a little vinegary. Got your peppers, got your your sweets in there too. So, so uh, what is it? All pulled pork, or do you get a brisket out of there? Do you yeah. get the pig's heart out of there? Do you get the snout? No, we we it's all gutted out before we do all that stuff. But we do keep the loins for oh. for special cuts for people who we like out here. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, a lot of it just goes through pulled pork and. Um, I know um, we, we also throw some some of the pork into the beans that we make and uh, get, get some of that nice little pork freshness out of the, out of the beans. 
So without giving away any trade secrets, uh, a time and temperature on this thing, I know you mentioned that, but like a temperature and then some of the other, you know, whether there's an injection or a rub or just some of the recipes, I guess. Well, what we do is we, we, we've got, we, we inject it with a garlic butter type sauce oh. and then we'll also do some some uh, a vinegary apple juice that we inject it with. Um, we started off slow, about 180, 200 degrees, so the pig will take in the smoke, and we ramp it up, eventually hitting about 300 degrees toward the end. Um, as soon as that meat hits close to 180, 190, 200 areas, when we take it out, we start pulling it apart. And um, any tips or any tricks that you might have for a young or old aspiring pit masters? Well, I tell you what, a pig is good on its own. You, know, you really don't have to do much to look good to make a pig good, but... Um, I don't know. I, it, right? Yeah, yeah. You could. I, it's always good to. You know, a lot of times we take take the heads off and, and we'll skin it. This one came with a head on. We decide, you know, the pig fit, so let's let's keep the head on and add that little pig factor to it. So, what's more important in your opinion, time or temperature? Uh, both. Uh, definitely time. Time is, is of the essence when you're doing it, and uh, if you don't get it pulled off, you know, soon enough it's going to be, you know, not done, and if you get it pulled off enough, it's sometimes you get too dry. So, um, like you can see here, we're taking some of the pieces off that aren't done, putting them back in the smoker, and let them get, let them get, soak some of that smoke up. All right, one more time, your name and company. Jesse Johnson with KLJ. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, AH Power Solutions, and we are here cooking carne asada, guacamole, and a variety of salsas. You know, this is the first time I've ever seen this at a uh, barbecue. I've seen it in a backyard barbecue, but we've got shaved uh, carne asada. It's probably about a quarter inch thick, and it's on the grill, and and they're chopping it up here. But that's an interesting take to a barbecue. A lot of ribs, a lot of brisket. I like it because it's different. You guys are going to stand. It's almost like you're going for the home run or strike it out. Absolutely. Well, we, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Barbecuing is anything you can throw on the grill nowadays. And uh, this is a pretty tasty uh, sirloin. Like you described it very well. It's easy to make. Uh, we can feed a lot of people through the feed line. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get the home run. <laughs> so in our little green tent there by Gravity Services, you know, there are little uh, portable uh, trailer with power. Uh, they're already talking about the guacamole. What's going on with the guacamole? What's your? I mean, what sets your guacamole so far? I've had five girls come into the tent and tell me the guacamole is amazing. I, I really don't know. This is a guacamole recipe passed down from my mother to me, and uh, it's very simple. I guess uh, uh, the devil is in the simplicity. It's yeah, it is very simple. I, I hear you there. Uh, I noticed there are some spices on this particular uh, carne asada. Is is there any me uh, method to it or not really not really just uh, a good attitude uh, the willingness to take the heat from the grill and a good old Sam's uh, Montreal steak seasoning <laughs> I was gonna say it looks like Montreal steak seasoning and it really is so you ain't really reinventing the wheel here at all uh, glad you guys, of course, came out for this because it's it's a great cause to be a part of the barbecue. Uh, any tips you might have for anybody out there looking for aspiring uh, smoker barbecuing? Gee, no, everybody's kind of got their own spin and take, and uh, just uh, be creative. This is my take. The last guy said, "Watch YouTube." <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. you Leonard. 
Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where, who, who are you cooking for and what are you cooking today? Uh, I'm cooking for LTR and we're cooking baby back ribs, sir. And with that accent, it sounds like you might be from the Mott Regent area? Yes, a little bit further south. <laughs> but uh, I've been up here uh, be 39 years in February. Where are you from? From Monahan, Texas. Okay. So are you cooking Texas barbecue, or is this a hybrid of North Dakota, Texas barbecue? It's, it's kind of a hybrid because uh, it's not too spicy. So try to meet every, try to meet everybody's taste. So how do you cook the ribs? To, I mean, without getting into the you know secrets or anything like that, give us an overview of maybe the time, the temperature, maybe some of the spices, whether it's a hickory or a mesquite or. I use a mesquite and a pecan. Oh. And a mesquite puts a good uh, bark on it, and the pecan makes it a little sweet. And uh, we. Uh, We've got a rub that we make that we put on it. We rub it and then we, we cook it for about five hours. And it'll get tender enough where you can pull the bone pull the bone out of it. It's a tender meat and then we use a kind of a hickory and regular barbecue sauce. Is there a, a timeline in the marinating or is it just rub it on and put it on? We, we rub it at night and then we'll put it on the next day, sir. What is the secret to your 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 barbecue is a time temperature the cooker it's the cookers and the time and the temperature oh it is that yes sir are, are you more of a high temperature or low temperature low temperature okay and I, I had a uh we've got a gentleman that come up here from texas when i did or before i did and he cooked ribs his name was red roberts and, and my kids and call him uncle red and ain't need a, and uh, he's the one that kind of showed me how to cook the cook the baby backs and stuff. Do you feel any pressure? Light Tower Rentals has won two of the four Bach and Barbecue Bravado trophies. So any any pressure on you this year? Uh, no, sir, because I'm retired. <laughs> and uh, I, I like to cook just for the fun of it. So if they win, I'll be proud for them. And, and if we don't win, well, we did our best. All right, final question for you. Any barbecue secrets that you might give young or old aspiring barbecue pitmasters? Yeah, I, I, I've got my son that I've taught him how to do it. And uh, I, a couple of these men here today watched and learned how to do it. And and uh, really not no secret, it's just to stay on top of it, sir. Pay attention to the, your meat, huh? Yes, sir, pay attention to your meat. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to talk to you. first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. 
innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 